Khalashin for Khalas? Want to buy or find dine? Stay tuned to Chai FM on 101.9. Join Adrian Bugatti for Essen Fresen Tuesday mornings from 11 a.m. where it's all about the food. Good morning and welcome to the conversation. I'm Adrian, your host. The heat wave is over by the looks of things and all the schools are up and running so everybody's back in their routines. Hopefully we've all settled into the year because we're already one month in. Uh, tomorrow begins the second month of 2023. Not quite sure what happened to the time. I've chosen today to talk about a luxury ingredient, saffron, and I'm going to share a recipe using saffron. But before I begin talking about that, um, I have to share some startling news. And here it is. It's only nine weeks to Pesach. Sorry, ladies. For a lot of us, Pesach and the lead up to the Seder is extremely stressful and makes it very difficult to enjoy this Chag the way we should. It's hard to teach your children about the joy of Pesach when all you see and all they see is you stressing over the cleaning and the preparations and complaining about the costs and all those kind of things. So once again, each week I'm going to share a tip from Lindy Foreman who generously posts each week on her free WhatsApp group tips that she that have been making my Pesach prep a breeze, well, not a breeze, but a pleasure to an extent um, for the last six years now. So thank you, Lindy, for this. Now, remember, not all tips are going to apply to everyone, but obviously the ones that do certainly help. And one of the benefits of starting your prep so early is that it's easier on your budget. If you're buying a little bit every month instead of one big, huge shop just at the last minute, you're obviously going to be able to fit it into your budget a little bit better. Breaking down tasks into manageable segments and making the final run to Pesach and to the Seder so much less pressurized. So this week actually fits in perfectly with one of my meal planning steps, and that's making an inventory of what you have left over from last year. Now, if you haven't got anything left over from last year, that's fine. It's time to sit down and work out your basic ingredients that you will need. I'm talking about simple spices, um, things that don't need a hechsha for Pesach, being able to buy them and put them aside. That is going to make a huge difference to your budget. Now, the kosher desk at the UOS does have what's called a green list. And this is a list of items that don't need to be specifically kosher for Pesach. I don't know if they've released the 2023 one yet or if it stayed the same from last year to this year. But that's, you know, a, a good guideline if you have last year's list. So aside from taking stock of what you normally need, like your spices and things and what you've got, It's time to start with the first shopping, and that is your new toothpastes, toothbrushes, dental floss, and mouthwash. Now, like I said, I put them aside for Pesach. So what I normally do is clear out a little corner of somewhere that's not going to be in anybody's way. And when I buy my Pesach stuff, I just put it in that corner, and it's out of the way until it's time for Pesach. This is the Essen Freshen Show, and I'm Adrian Bugatti, your host. Whether you are halishing for halas or wanting to bry or fine dine, this is Essen Freshen with Adrian Bugatti. It's all about the food. So we were talking about the um, 
Pesach green list and the things that don't specifically need a haksha. And this week, the suggestion is to go and buy your dental hygiene products. Now, from last year's green list, the kosher desk sent out dental hygiene. So items like toothpaste can have with or without a Bethin logo, mouthwash without a Bethin logo. And for those who are machmer, the Listerine range is fine to use. People do try and buy products without any alcohol in, um, just in case. And then, obviously, unflavored dental floss without the Beth Den logo. Um, I'd say unwaxed is probably also best. Now that I've kind of ruined your week with the reminder that Pesach's just around the corner, let's talk saffron. Now, this is one of the most expensive herbs used in cooking. It's, in fact, way more expensive than kosher meat. At around 60 to 80 rand for 400 grams. That's all. And it can sell on the market between 17,000 and 170,000 rand for one kilo, depending obviously on the grade of saffron. Now, the reason for that, the saffron being so expensive is that each flower only produces three two centimeter threads and they are hand picked very carefully so that you get the full thread, which means it is extremely labor-intensive, so therefore the extreme cost. Now, saffron is an amazing ingredient, and it carries a very unique flavor. It is sort of a honey, floral-type flavor, very hard to describe if you've never had it before. But it takes a bit of getting used to for the Western world. We are not used to floral Foods. We're not used to eating foods, foods that have these floral notes in, um, unless it's drinking wine. And that's an important thing, or gin actually. And it's important that you get used to it. It's not something like coriander where it tastes like soap forever. This one tastes like soap maybe in the beginning, and as you get used to it, you will get to enjoy the beautiful flavors that it gives off. So if it's stored correctly, the saffron can last up to six months in your cupboard. Please remember it needs to be in a dark cupboard that is dry and airtight so that the flavor remains. But even after its flavor is kind of diminished, you need to be a little bit more careful. You can now use it as a very expensive food coloring in your rice and soup. But saffron not only, despite its expense, has amazing flavor properties, it also has incredible health benefits. So it's a great antioxidant and two um, properties called crocin and crocetin in it that give it a red color have antidepressant properties. They can protect your brain cell against progressive damage. This is aging and dementia, improve inflammation, reduce your appetite and aid in weight loss. So some healthy benefits. I'm just not sure how much you'd have to eat. Then another property of, is called saffronel, and this gives the saffron its distinct taste and aroma. And research has shown that it may help improve your mood, your memory, and your learning ability, as well as obviously protecting your brain cells against oxidative stress. And lastly, the camphorol, which is found in saffron flower petals, it's commonly linked to health benefits such as reduced inflammation, anti-cancer properties, and antidepressants. So a lot more study needs to be done, but they were saying that the flowers, the anti-cancer properties is by having the powdered flower 
before you go for your chemotherapy apparently can help the chemotherapy target the cells better. Um, but like I said, that's got to have more research done. Saffron is also nicknamed the sunshine spice. And this is not just due to its beautiful yellow-red color, but also because it can brighten your mood. Saffron may help treat symptoms of mild to moderate depression, but obviously, like I said, more studies are needed before they can guarantee this. And it is very high in oxidants, so once again, helping cancer cells. But I can't imagine what the cost of this treatment would be. I'm assuming it would be less than the saffron threads because it's from the petals and there are more of those. Now, for PMS, this is a term that describes physical, emotional, and psychological symptoms occurring before the start of a menstrual period. Studies have shown that saffron can actually help treat this. Um, In women ages 20 to 45, Taking 30 milligrams of saffron daily is more effective than a placebo at treating your PMS symptoms, such as irritability, headaches, cravings, and pain. And in fact, another study showed simply smelling the saffron for 20 minutes helped reduce PMS symptoms like anxiety and lowered levels of stress, the stress hormone cortisol. So go sniff your saffron. That's a safe thing to sniff. But for those who want to use it in cooking, here's some tips that I've found and that I've learned. So this is a method I use. Instead of taking the strands and just putting them into your coffee, I mean into your cooking, sorry, you take them, three or four strands, into a couple of tablespoons of boiling water and you allow it to steep for between 5 and 15 minutes and then add it to your food. It gives it the fragrance while using less of the ingredients so you get to save it for a little longer be careful when using saffron not to use things like basil tarragon and coriander or cumin and paprika as these are very strong flavors and they can overpower the very very subtle saffron scent and flavors now saffron is used in a lot of desserts and rice puddings specifically because of its flowery flavor So very much in Persian and sort of the Asian cultures is there's the Persian shole sad, which is a rice pudding made with saffron powder. The Indian shirkand, which is like a yogurt dessert, very popular. And then you can be a little bit more inventive. There's a saffron cardamom milk cake. There's a Persian bameh donuts, both of which I'm not trying because when I looked up those recipes, They are very labor-intensive, and I'm all about quick and fast. Then saffron is also great for ice creams, and then specifically kulfi. Kulfi is actually a pudding, but you can freeze it and turn it into an ice cream, and it is absolutely delicious, made with condensed milk, cardamom, and pistachios. But I've chosen to make the Moroccan beans with saffron. Now, the correct name for this is fasulia Kadara or Kadra, sorry. I apologize for those who have messed it up. Now, it's a very simple recipe, and I did it as a quick version, but it can be done slightly longer. So the quick version is this, and you will find this recipe on the website after the show. The first thing is two cans of cannelloni beans, a quarter teaspoon of saffron thread, nicely crushed, 
five tablespoons of olive oil, but pretty much any oil will do. Three medium onions sliced very thinly and then lightly fried or sautéed. A quarter cup of flat leaf parsley finely chopped. A teaspoon of white pepper and an eighth of a teaspoon of salt. Basically, when you asked for a pinch of salt, that is your measurement. And that's how you're going to do it. Very simple. Canned beans, open them and um, drain them and rinse them. So I'll carry on with this in a moment. Whether you are halishing for halas or wanting to braai or fine dine, this is Essen Fressen with Adrian Bagatti. It's all about the food. As I was saying with the uh, beans with saffron, it's a Moroccan dish. You're going to use can well, I used canned beans. You drain the beans, rinse them well, place them in a large saucepan, add a generous pinch of saffron threads. So, like I said, it was a quarter teaspoon of saffron, and you crush that nicely um, into almost like a powder. One and a half liters of water, and you bring it all to boil over a medium to high heat. Now, remember, when you're using the canned beans, it can it, the boiling needs to be washed, and you need to stir quite regularly so that the beans don't stick to the bottom of your pot. Add your oil, and then reduce your heat to low, and simmer it for covered for about ten minutes. Stir in your onions, parsley, and pepper, and then cook for another 10 minutes. Just keep stirring, though, so that the beans don't stick to the bottom of the pot. And just before you're ready to serve, you're going to add your salt to taste. Now, a few adjustments. If your sauce is too thick, add a little water. If it's too thin, increase the heat and bring it back to boil until the sauce has thickened. But remember, once again, to keep stirring so your beans don't stack. Taste and adjust your seasoning if necessary. And you can serve this hot, warm, or at room temperature. Now, there is a slightly longer method to do this. You can use dried beans, but remember to soak them in your cooking, and your cooking time will obviously be a little bit longer. So you're going to soak them overnight in some with some water and some bicarb, and then in the you're going to cook it for 30 minutes instead of 10 minutes each time and remember that your beans need to be soft but not mushy when you serve so give that one a try now one of the things you can use this recipe for is load shedding because as it says hot warm or at room temperature so make it ahead of time if your load shedding is at your tv you know at your dinner time Are you a good teacher? Are you truly passionate about helping children learn? Are you willing to volunteer your help? We're going to be starting a homework helpline this year, and we would love to hear from you. The homework helpline is not only for children in our community, but for all the children in South Africa who need academic support and help. To find out more or to be part of this world first, email info at chayfm.com. Some more on saffron. For those of us who love our cocktails, saffron can be used to make a luxury cocktail for special occasions. The reason I say special occasions is you do need a lot of threads. You need about 20 threads for a 750ml bottle. Now, you can add this to vodka, to gin, to rum, and even to tequila, and it gives it a delicious boost with the saffron essence. You can also mix your cocktails with saffron-friendly flavors 
like ogreet, cinnamon, ginger, mint, lemon, and bitters. Now, when you're doing this, use a saffron infusion for any of these things, and the saffron infusion just let, allows it. You're making an alcohol saffron infusion for these um, cocktails. But when you're wanting to cook with it, especially things like that absorb a lot of water and flavor, make yourself a beautiful infusion for rice, jasmine rice, arborio rice, brown rice, Spanish rice, and even pilaf. And you can also cook the saffron into things like Israeli couscous or polenta and add some aroma and color. Now, the infusion for this one is not just boiling water. This one is a little bit more like involved, not a lot, but you need to like wine. Infusion is adding three threads of saffron into one cup of boiled water and one cup of white wine and then allowing it to infuse over 20 minutes. And that is a beautiful cooking um, sort of, I'm not, infusion. Then the simple water infusion, it can be used in your potato salad dressing, potato casseroles, mashed potatoes, and pretty much any other starch you can think of that could do with this light, vibrant color, uh, beautiful in your uh, mayonnaise. And then for tea lovers, another special treat is you're going to boil four to five cups of water in a pot. You remove it from the heat. You add a pinch of threads. They're talking about 15 threads in total. And you steep that for five minutes. You can sweeten this with um, some cinnamon sticks, cardamom pods, or even seeds. Um, thank you. Okay, baking paper. If it is plain baking paper, I'm going to double check um, while I'm on the show, and I'll get back to you, Sephora. But I think baking paper does is kosher if it is plain r- paper. If you're talking rice paper for baking, that is a different story. So I'm going to have a look for that for you while we're doing the show. Um, now, if you like that tea, please let us know if you try it. Um, that would be an amazing thing. You can toss in some ginger root, some cinnamon sticks, some cardamom pods, and seeds. Now, if you want to share your ideas, your favorite recipes, or you have an ingredient you want to ask us about, or anything that we talk about on the show, please send us an SMS on 34519. SMSs are charged at 150. You can send a telegram to 061-895-1019 or email us on chaifm.com. At info at chaifm.com. Now, thankfully, we're still in summer and cold suppers are acceptable, but we're also in South Africa. And that means wood fires are easy to do and briars are still king. For those who haven't, who don't know, I've been traveling around the country recently. And one of the things that the foreign guests love best is a boma evening. Now, a boma actually means an enclosure, and it was usually used for corralling um, cattle and other type of livestock. But now what they're using it for, during the Boer War, it changed. It became the officer's mess. So boma became British officer's mess area, and it was no longer a prison or a cattle corral. It was now for the boma, for the British officers to eat. And we've kind of kept with that tradition. And when we go to the safari lodges, 
they use this to introduce the guests to what real wood fire brying is all about, as well as cultural song and dance. And truthfully, that's what we do best, braai. Now, I've always said that you don't have to cook dinner at dinner time. You can cook when the mood strikes and then reheat it. But Aishkan now has this made impossible. You can't cook when you feel like it. You have to check your load shedding schedule. And you need to find foods that can stay warm for long or, you know, ones that you can braai. Now, for those living in apartments, obviously braying is a little bit more problematic because your apartment building may have an issue with the smoke fire. But you can always get a single burner tabletop gas hob to do your cooking on. And there are some beautiful things on that open flame. Um, like I have a gas stove and I often like roast peppers and eggplants and all tomatoes over it that you get that smoky flavor. Just really delicious. Cooking a full meal, obviously, on your single hob can be a bit of a challenge. And one of the tips is to cook things that retain heat for quite a while first and do it in order that way. And then another way to keep the food warm is to put all your pots together that have been now heated up with the warm food, wrap them in some newspaper and then in a blanket until it's time to serve or put it in a special bag that can keep everything warm. For the rest of us, it's time to become a braai master. Whether you have a gas braai or a wood fire braai, it's still a great way to cook off grid. Personally, I like the wood fire much better, but gas braai serves when we need to. Now, braaiing for some reason also brings all the family together. Um, I'm not sure it's just load shedding that cuts off the Wi-Fi and brings everybody out of their rooms or it's the smell of that food cooking over the fire, the smoke wafting through your house. Not always pleasant, but when it's wafting with the delicious taste of brying meat, well, nothing will send people down the passage quicker. So it does become family time, even if it's the middle of the week. Uh, and that's something that people coming to this country don't understand as easily, is we can bry any time we want. You know, meeting in the... In the middle of the week, have a braai, especially in summer. And when it's raining, we just move it undercover. You know, so rain or sun, people in South Africa braai. Now, you can do straightforward braaiing, making your baked potato and wrap foil, sticking it in the coals, cooking your meat or your fish on the grid. These are very healthy ways to cook. So it's another alternative. But one of the better things for fire cooking um, is using metal pots. Now, it must be a heavy metal pot and no plastic handles and just know that the fire will um, cause some damage to your pot. So don't use brand new pots. But one of the great ones is cast iron pans and pots. They are amazing. For Not only do they stay hot for a long time, but you can cook almost anything directly on the flames. You don't need your bra grid. You can just put it straight in. So poiki, we call them poiki pots here in South Africa. They are very expensive um, and they need to be treated with care. They do not, well, they should not be washed with soap and water, rather with a special um, rough salt, so your coarse salt and water um, mixture to rub along the sides to get rid of all the residue. And once it's clean and rinsed out, then oil the pot on the inside to keep it 
beautifully seasoned. So they are worth the investment. And you can make everything from stews and soups to breads and desserts in these pots. If you've ever watched the show where they cook everything on a braai, you will see that they have made some of the most amazing things on fire. Beautiful stuff that you would never think to make in a braai. So become your braai master. And there are a lot of recipes out there that you can use. Now, if you want to try a little experiment, um, which is great for kids, but it is important that it is supervised by adults. You can cook over tea lights. It's called a tea light oven or tea light stove. So you need to be very careful with this because it does get hot and you are going to be having sharp edges from tin cans. How do you make it? Well, an empty tin can, rinse it very well, remove the paper label because we don't need it, and then very carefully make a small door at the bottom of your can where it's sealed still. And that just needs to be big enough that you can fit your tea light into. It's narrow, so it creates a chimney, and it does increase the heat, and it can get pretty hot. Now, I don't know if you'll boil anything on this method, but it will definitely heat up the food. Just be careful that you're using metal for cooking with. So the camping plates, those old um, metal cups and things like that to heat up your food, because the glass or your plastic is obviously going to melt or break. And be very careful. Don't try and touch it. Your bowl will be hot, and so will the tin can. Now, the reason for the little door that you've got to cut to put your candle in is the fact that you've got to have some air to circulate to keep the fire burning. That is an important part. Fire needs oxygen, and it can heat it up beautifully. There's another way. If you don't want to try cooking in the dark, Make sandwiches. And one of the things that I like to do is to buy a slightly cheaper cut of meat, season it, and cook it while I have electricity. I usually do it in a slow cooker so that you can pull it apart. So you either have this shredded beef done in a beautiful gravy that you can just put on rolls or bagels or inside wraps for dinner, or you can, if you cook it, you slice it finely into cold meats for cold meat sandwiches. It's easy to put together, it can be done in the dark, and you can often get the family to make their own sandwiches. Just make sure that you have some nice salads to make it into a healthy and filling meal. So that is your open-air cooking. If you've got some desserts or things that you do on the fire, let me know. I'd love to try some. I am not a big dessert maker, but I love cooking on the fire. I love trying new things. And it's time for me to learn new recipes. If you'd like to share your ideas or favorite recipe or you have ingredients that you would like to ask us about, you can send an SMS to 34519. SMSs are charged at 1 Rand 50. And you can send a telegram on 061-895-1019 or email us at info at chayfm.com. Whether you are chalashing for chalas or wanting to braai or fine dine. This is Essen Fressen with Adrian Bargatti. It's all about the food. Hi. Okay, so to answer Tsipora's question about the baking paper earlier, I could only find one listed. I have no idea where you could buy it, probably at uh, your local store, and that is the silker one. It does need a hash on it, so please be aware of that. 
Then kosher updates from around the world. So nothing new from South Africa, from the UOS. Um, I did see an update notice from KCSA that even though uh, plain water, bottled water and sparkling bottled water do not need hashes, um, some companies do ask for that. And Table Mountain bottled water is now under their hasher. Then please remember to check all symbols and ensure that they are acceptable hashes in your community. Please, so from around the world, please be advised that ADH Health claims that their products are certified kosher by CRC. In fact, CRC Kosher ceased certification of this company at the end of 2017 already. So corrective action is being taken. Then Star K has sent out an announcement that there is a potential halakhic issue with some of the wolf cooktops that have an auto-ignite feature. So if you're using one of those for Shabbos, just please be careful. Um, and they've asked that you test it out under normal cooking conditions um, and not on Shabbos for the first time because what's happening is when a burner is on, if you open or close a door or a cupboard near there, the draft will put out the fire and the automatic igniter will light it again and this becomes an issue. So please just try that out and make sure that it doesn't happen. And I suppose that if we've got those here in South Africa and you're using one, please be careful with that. Then Shufrasal frozen bureko, potato berekos have been recalled due to undeclared milk. So Supercell inadvertently packaged these cheese berekas and labeled them Parav potato berekas. So please be aware of that. Then Kosher Atlanta have set out a message. Um, in general, one cannot assume that products labeled as vegan or non-dairy are dairy-free or uh, use dairy equipment by kosher standards. These products may contain actual dairy, typically found in flavoring, that would exceed the kosher limit of dairy equipment. And one example is there's an ice cream, uh, Brewster's ice cream flavors may be labeled as vegan, but not all of them are can be assumed to be kosher parav or just kosher dairy equipment. Only the items listed as dairy equipment or parav on the kosher letters that have been verified. So please be aware of that. So it's something we all assume is that it's vegan. It means it's dairy-free. This might not be true. Then Israel has sent out an alert for loca best moment wafers. Um, they've sent out an allergy alert to undeclared peanuts, barley, which is gluten, almonds, and sesame. So please be aware of that if you buy those. In Canada... The Dubon brand mixed forest mushrooms recalled because of insects and mold. So they're sold in a little bottle with a lid and they're beautiful to put on like foods as decorations or to cook with them. But please note that they are now, they now contain mold. And this was on the 20th of January. So please check if you've got any stock to check this carefully. Um, and that's it from me for this week. Uh, keep your tor- torches burning and your fires lit and let me know how your off-the-grid cooking goes for this week.